and welcome to Property Matters, supported by Fairview International Property Consultancy and auctionproperty.co.uk. And you can find this weekly property show live every Sunday on propertymatterstv.co.uk or by searching Property Matters on YouTube and Facebook. The show is also available as a podcast on our website and it's also available to stream and download every Monday from 10am on any one of the eight biggest podcast platforms listed in the search. Uh, no matter where you're enjoying the show live or on catch up, we'd love you to get involved by adding your comments in the comments section below. And if you'd like to email us, we have an address. It is hello at propertymatterstv.co.uk. So let's welcome our guests this week. Joe Joshi is here and also Bob Singh. Good morning, gentlemen. Good morning, Paul. Good morning, Bob. Morning, Joe. Morning, Paul. Nice, bright, sunny morning. So, uh, you know, and, and full of uh, full of news of money, um, which is why our, our man Bob is here. Um, he's the money man and um, I'll just talk property as, as I normally do. This is the uh, news that of course this week the Bank of England did its uh, largest rise in interest rates for quite some time. The base rate of course up half a percent to 1.75 percent. It's the highest base rates rise since uh, December 2008 during the financial crisis and the largest increase in fact for 27 years. And uh, I suppose the big questions that people will be asking Bob at this time are, is this the right time to buy now because rates are starting to rise again? Yes, it was the largest rise for many, many years since 2008. Um, it wasn't that much of a surprise that I think it was the worst kept secret. I think uh, the market was all already factoring in a 0.5% increase. So uh, yeah, I mean, it's questions uh, across the board, isn't it? Should I buy? Should I wait? Should I fix or, or not? So. But yeah, it's uh, difficult times. It's um, confusing times for the first-time buyers because they're buying with a small deposit. You know, prices suddenly go into reverse. They could find themselves in negative equity. Uh, but I think the deciding factor will be your own circumstances. If you're having to move because of jobs or lack of space, or you know, your tenant, your landlord is saying, "Please go," and you know, you're wanting to buy, then you will have to buy. But you'll have to take a long-term view, a medium-term view, not a short-term view. You're not going to make money in the short term at the moment. Prices are still rising, uh, largely. But I think the latest Halifax report did say slight dip in volumes, slight dip in prices as well for the first time. So if that trend continues, yeah, we'll see um, a more marked slowdown towards the end of the year. The fact that people are thinking, well, I'd better get on that gravy train right away because it's going to go only one way at the moment. So I better get in there quick and get on the ladder. And there's a suggestion that actually um, a lot of the lenders are going to be really, really busy over a time of the year, August, when most of their staff are away on holiday, especially those that are offering the most competitive rates. So uh, th there's a suggestion that actually the market's going to be even busier as a result of this almost like panic buying, I guess. What do you think about that? Yeah, we're seeing that already. People are clambering to get onto the fixed rates that are available right now because they see things worsening. Now, <clears throat> the inflation is expected to rise to 13%. And to control that, the rates are going to have to rise even further. I think you know, even Rishi, Rishi Sunak, when he was actually Chancellor, did say base rates could rise to 25 and 3%. And that's going to be a bit of a bloodbath for the mortgage market because that's you know becomes really unaffordable according to current earnings. People's wages aren't going up. Inflation is quite high in real terms. Any savings are being eroded, yeah, really. So it's not looking good in the short term. There's a suggestion that um, 
five-year fixes really are not a good idea at this moment in time. There's a, there's a comment here from somebody on uh, uh, on Mortgage Solutions this week. It says, um, at present due to capacity, any lender left with the lowest rate is inundated with business and with half of the staff on summer holidays, they can't afford to be the lowest rate in the market for long. So they have no choice but to price upwards. So that could be inflationary. And then the next lender at the lowest rate in the market moves and so on. However, fast forward 12 months and you'll see levels dip and then the banks who still need to make a profit will have to start competing with others again and they'll want to win market share. So the suggestion here is that uh, rates could be back at the level they are now in around 12 to 18 months and then possibly lower after that. So be careful about locking into a high long-term fix and therefore buying at the top of the market. Do you think that's a fair statement, Bob? It's a fair comment, but I think we also have to look at a bit wider than that because... Um you know, these things don't turn around quickly. It's a bit like an oil tanker in fiscal economics. So these changes are put into place slowly. It's not a 2% increase on day one. It's done in quarter percent steps. They see what the effect is and then decide to whether to, you know, add a bit more. And this is what's happening. They're doing it stage by stage. They're seeing what those rate increases will have on the economy before they do anything further. And, you know, the government is on a sticky wicket here because... Um, if they raise the rates too much, it really affects corporate earnings, their appetite for investment and recruitment and and increasing salaries. So, you know, it's, you know, you, you really got to be careful that you don't stifle the economy, that we don't go into a quick recession. Um, and obviously, if the forecast is we're going to have five quarters of recession. So, you know, this thing isn't going to end anytime soon. It will take us 18 months, 24 months to sort out. And yeah, you're right. Five year fixes are expensive. Not because the banks are you know, paying more to the Bank of England to borrow the money. They just don't want the business right now because they can't cope. The Coventry Building Society stopped taking uh, applications and two others also closed their doors. They said they just can't cope. Uh, even after repricing upwards, you know, applications are still coming in because there's, there's that fear factor, FOMO. You know, if I don't, if I don't lock in now, am I going to pay more next year? Uh, and that's happening more to people who are coming off their fixed rates now they don't want to be caught out and you know wait and pay more next year they'd rather even in some cases pay the penalty now on the existing product and lock into a half sensible rate but the old problem with mortgage brokers is they don't look at all the options when they actually advise a client typically mortgage brokers will prefer two-year deals which we don't at chess we prefer five-year deals in fact but now you've really got to be looking at seven and 10 year products as well, because they are still in the twos and not in the threes and fours. So if you're really looking for long-term stability, I think now is the time to maybe consider even longer and go for a, ten, a seven or a 10 year product because the markets are telling us long-term rates aren't gonna be staying this high forever. Yes, yeah, so uh, if you look at swap rates, then three, five and 10 year money is all lower than two year money, suggesting the market feels the rates uh, uh, will peak and start to come back down again. Yeah, it's a question of when that will be, but I don't think it'll be anytime soon. I think it will be a couple of years before we see that happening. And election time. And at the moment, as you know, the Bank of England is targeted to keep inflation at 2% and we're expecting 13%. So it's going to be a fair while before 13 becomes 2 or 3% and we, and we return back to normality. Um, and who knows, under the new government, the government may take control of the inflation target away from the Bank of England, which Gordon Brown obviously gave to them, you know, uh, some time ago. So, you know, 
we shouldn't really mix politics with economics, but I think the governments do feel they've lost control with allowing the Bank of England to take these steps. And they've and the feeling is the Bank of England have taken much longer than they ought to have done to start tackling inflation much earlier. Joe, how did we ever cope with those heady days of inflationary pressure in uh, uh, 2006 and seven, when uh, interest rates were five and a half percent and fixes were about seven and a half percent? How do we cope? The reality of it is combination, the cocktail mix that I see now is probably a cocktail mix that we um, probably didn't plan for or didn't anticipate to a large extent. We all have always worked on mortgage rates and, and whether it's the Bank of England or any successive government, they have yo-yoed uh, mortgage rates in order to be able to control what they feel they can do with the property market to a large extent. But in comes a new mix, and that is the utilities. Um, and that has something that we probably didn't bargain for. And this year alone, um, the amount of increase in um, your utilities, be it electric, gas, rates, and all the others that may want to come along, every person has jumped on the bandwagon, including if you take that as another set, another set of blocks of bandwagon jumpers, you know, every person has jumped on the strike bandwagon. So all of a sudden, they're all not getting paid enough. And so each person is now going on strike. And those are things that we haven't seen for decades, in all honesty. I, I can't remember the last time the, the strike mode was really used. Uh, yet recently, we've had rail workers striking, medical people striking, and anybody else that feels that they get up in the morning and decide that they can strike and hold the government, the country, and the people to ransom in order to make sure that that works. So there's a, a new cocktail of, of uh, mixes that has come into the programme that we probably didn't actually bargain for. Um, and that has increased the outgoings for all the people. So if you just sort of part the way with two things, in my opinion, and I'm not the financial advisor here, but Bob will sure will jump in on this, that you have got a huge amount of outgoings now that you never had with utilities. So in some cases, and I can only talk about on a, on a personal basis, but that's a good, good enough barometer to work with, that your actual gas and electrics have gone up probably by 100, 150 pounds a month. E, uh, you know, equivalently, the, the rates have gone up and, and so forth. So you're all of a sudden having to find another two, three, 400 pounds a month probably just in utilities. And then now we add into that the increase in the rate um, and that's probably the cocktail that is not a good cocktail that will actually, you know, hold things back. Having said all of that, I think that obviously people will never, ever stop buying. They'll always find a method, a way to buy a property. We've known that, I've known that for 40 odd years, that no matter what happens, um, people will find a solution, whether it's um, through um, you know, the lower amounts or whether it's a different area they move to or whether uh, they have a fixed rate, they'll, they will find a route in order to buy. Because one thing is for sure, and we see that even now, that house prices, even at this difficult time, has increased by 11% this year. Um, and irrespective of that, it is, it is you know still something that drives people to say, well, actually, one way or another, I want to own a home, because though I might pay more here, ultimately I will actually gain something in the long term 
Um, and that's where something like the fixed rates will help because they can actually fix their outgoings um, and say, right, we know that's, that's our mortgage fixed for, you know, at 2% or 1.5%, whatever the, the rates might be for the next five years. We know that the utilities. But one thing I think is that we're not going to see any of this have a reverse. The only reverse factor that's coming into it will be the, the Bank of England rate. And that's because there's this um, tug of war between the government and the Bank of England um, in, in trying to deal with inflation, in trying to deal with the best method to put some brakes on the property market and all the others. But the utilities won't come back. There's no way under the sun that I can see. I mean, look, just look at petrol prices. There's another one, isn't it? Look at petrol prices. Petrol prices are not as high as they should be. But the, the petrol companies have sustained higher rates because they feel that they can. And so it is highly unlikely that they're going to have a reversal. They might do a one or two pence reversal here or there. But, you know, a year or so ago, we were filling a tank with 100 quid. That year later is now 200 quid. Um, and so, you know, and do they want to? I mean, if, you, if you've got people used to paying that 200 pounds a tank, do you really think you're going to say, oh, well, I really feel bad, bad for this guy. Let me bring it down to 100 pounds. Yeah, they might feel generous one morning and bring it down by 10p. Um, and, and all of a sudden, that's that's the difference. So I think there's a whole new cocktail that we just didn't um, didn't plan for, um, uh, in, in my opinion. What do you think, Bob? It's very similar to mortgage rates, isn't it? You don't want to lock in and fear that you'll you'll be stuck on the high rates. Um, but yeah, no, it's um, if if this this uh, this period has taught us anything, it is to make us realise that we need to save for a rainy day because you know. Uh, those people who are unfortunately on the lower earnings bands will struggle because they don't have a, an option to save or invest or have the right flexible mortgage, which you can draw down upon when things are a little bit tight. So I think, you know, this has taught us you need to take good advice on your finances and your investments and planning so that if there is a rainy day, you know, you, 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 can, you can ride the storm. Let's put a scenario to you, Bob. You've got a young couple, first time buyers, they're going to look for a £250,000 property. They've got, let's just say, 5 10% deposit. Um, and they're thinking they were all ready to, to buy. And suddenly this week, the bombshell drops of a half percent increase in rates. Suddenly everything is changing, different situations, affordability comes into it. I mean, they may well have an mortgage offer in place, in which case they're probably going to be OK if they've already fixed, I guess. But let's just say they're looking for a mortgage product now. What advice would you give to a young couple in that position? I think um, I would say, look, let's do your income expend expenditure again. And can you afford that mortgage? Because a mortgage isn't just about affording it for the first two, three, five years. It's a 25, 30, 35 year commitment. So I think they've got to make sure that their budgeting is spot on. Um, Fixing is a good idea for first-time buyers because it disciplines them into sticking to a budget and managing within that budget uh, and eliminates the risk of any upward movement within your chosen fixed rate period. So I think, um, yeah, I, I think, you know, if, if the product is already booked, that means it's going to be lower than what you'd get today. Uh, but the downside is if you fail to complete on this particular purchase, that rate will be lost because banks don't renew offers once they've expired. And you'll have to apply for a new product uh, from scratch, and that could be a lot, lot higher. So I think if you're if you're halfway there, I think stick with it. I think you've obviously bought that house or flat for a reason. You've obviously needed it. You've qualified for it. 
And given that criteria is tightening all the time, um, even though the affordability calculations are allegedly scrapped by the FCA, lenders are still being very cautious. So I think if you've got it, take it and carry on. So would they fix on a two, a four, maybe longer, would you suggest? It depends on the differentials. At the moment, there's not really any difference between a two and a five-year product uh, at all. So uh, if they really want to be cautious, five-year. But if they think that rates will drop in years three, then a two-year option might be a gamble. This is really not a time to be moving frequently, is it? I mean, this is a time to sort of get into the property and, and weather out the storm, isn't it? I think so, yeah. I think the next two or three years are going to be a bit choppy. I think you've got to watch the markets. And if you're coming to the end of your fixed rates in the next six, 12 months, you you might want to start planning now. Don't leave it till the last minute. And apparently the market is pretty uh, lively at the moment, Bob. They're saying that uh, brokers are getting very little notice of repricing from lenders at any given moment at the moment because it's so volatile. The good lenders give 24 hours. Some don't give anything at all. And they just say, look, it's no longer available. So it makes our life difficult because we talk about what options there are and then we pick one horse and run with it and then we find out by the time we actually come to the application it's not there anymore so it's a bit disappointing for the client it's upsetting for us as well because we have to start the whole process again um but yeah it's not the first time we've been through this so uh, i guess we'll you know we'll come out the other end um uh, and be okay with it let's just move on the scenario a little bit so you're coming to the end of your fix and you're suddenly looking at what you can afford and of course Rates are so much more than they were five years ago or even two years ago. So what advice have you got for those people that are looking to to, to refinance now? I think um, get your mortgage offer out, get your document out and see what the early redemption charges are. Because the good lenders have what they call a, a step down early redemption charge, which means if you break the contract early on into your fixed rate, the penalties are high. However, if you leave it till the last minute, uh, the penalty could be as low as 1%. So it could be that paying the 1% might be worth it, uh, depending on your feelings about future rates. But if it's a, a level penalty, for example, if it's 5% for all the period of your fixed rate, then it probably isn't worthwhile ending your contract early. I think you've got to see it through the end. And the action plan should be that you should talk to your current lender or see what the current lender's offering is to keep your business. And then compare that with the open market, because sometimes the open market is a lot more competitive. You could make a saving by switching banks. And as mortgage offers are typically valid for six months, you could book a product with a competitor lender and see how it goes. Because if you've, uh, if, if by that time your current lender is offering a better deal than the one you've booked elsewhere, you don't have to change lenders. You can stay with your current lender and, uh, and change the products with, with, with them. That'll be a lot simpler and cleaner. Obviously, when you jump ship to a competitor, there's lots. It's, it's fresh underwriting, new valuation, uh, new uh, under, uh, income checks, etc. So you know, it's a bit of a process to change lenders. But I think yeah, just start planning early. Six months is really the latest you should leave it from your fixed rate ending. It's true, isn't it, uh, Joe? That um, as long as buyers remain confident about obtaining a mortgage and being able to afford to pay it interest rates are just unwelcome and, and an inconvenience, really. And 
it's suggested that this isn't really going to particularly slam the brakes on the economy in terms of house prices. And even with a half pint, half pint, half point rise, <laughs> it's still comparatively cheap money at this time, isn't it? Looking at the graph that we've got 2006, seven, you know, rates at five and a half percent and and now at 1.75. So it's still relatively cheap, but not what we're used to. The rates um, and, and the demand for the property doesn't really deter it. What is actually deterring it is, like I said earlier on, is the the uh, unexpected stuff that is coming into that equation. So when Bob does his um, analysis for affordability, uh, all of a sudden they are adding now quite a bit on um, the unexpected utilities that is now you know boosted up. So that means the actual amount that people have spared towards maybe a payment of a mortgage is now being reduced. Um, Having said all of that, of course, two percent, one and a half percent, one point seven five percent is you know, still lower than what um, was there at at seven percent, which is um, quite quite a sharp, and it's even uh, lower than what we at one time all experienced at fifteen and eighteen percent, and so forth. So it's a far cry from there. But I think the the problem we've had is this uncertain time that has been created partly because of pandemic, we kind of got over that. And then all of a sudden these governments started to do having little infighting. And that's put the brakes on about who and where and what, the ha what happens. And hopefully over the next month that will become a settlement. So we can start to sort of see what comes out at the end of the year, because whilst there is that sort of uncertainty and each one of the candidates making all sorts of different promises, we're not really sure where that's going to land and how that's going to be. The only good thing about that, if, if there's anything that good can come out of it, it is at a seasonal holiday time. And right now, most people's priorities are to go and enjoy the sunshine outside, as opposed to worrying about whether they're going to buy their next home and what's going to happen. And from Bob's point of view, yes, there are some uh, cases where people are coming out of old rates and now thinking, well, I should jump on. So he's certainly probably the busier of the lot because there's that sort of balancing act that is happening where whether somebody comes out of an existing rate and fixes that now and then of course lenders change their minds very quickly because they can't um, support the infrastructure to get those loans up but from a property point of view it's been a it's traditionally and notoriously a pretty slow time at this time of the year and i think a lot of property wallers, as I would say, are probably just sitting back um, and waiting to see what uh, and who ends up in the chair for the Prime Minister's job and how that will start to pan out. And that will then dictate which way a lot of people's um, train of thought will go as far as investment in property is concerned. But fortunately for property, for what it's worth, it's, it's actually a, a holiday time. Um, so it, it's during that holiday time that these these little bun fights are happening um, and just in time as the kids go back to school at the beginning of September we should have in situ um, whoever that next person's going to be that's gonna help us steer the the economy and of course our government and our our thinking and it's, it's quite important to understand that I mean 
people do. There's a lot of debate goes on. I get a lot of calls about who do you think it's going to be? Why is it going to be that? Is that right? Is that wrong for the property market? Should we do this now? Should we do that then? When I look back at all of the times that we've worked in, in the property market and, and, and Bob's done in the financial services, what hasn't really put people off in any of that journey is the wish and the want of owning their home. It's just a matter of how and when can I do that? And what will it take for me to actually get that? I remember doing mortgages back in the days and nobody ever actually asked me what the rates were. I mean, they just wanted to say, where do I sign and when will I have it? And it, it didn't really matter um, from that point of view, but we've become a little bit more, since with social media like we're doing, we're becoming more and more um, aware of what the products are, aware of what the circumstances are, aware of things that are going on. And so we do take a little time to say, okay, is that right or is that wrong? But if you actually stop 10 people you know, in a street and ask them what their ideal wish and want is, they'll tell you that really one day I'd like to buy my own house and, and how do I get there? I still get calls from would-be first-time buyers. You know, it's, it's sad to be said, but they'll call me uncle, which makes me feel a bit older, but they'll say, uncle, you know, what do I, what do I have to do and how do I, I, I get around to do this? And I always say, look, I, I know I look old, but please don't call me uncle. Um, but they, they still carry on doing that. And as, 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 an, as an uncle, we have to turn around and say to the first-time buyers, look, these are the steps and these are the things that you've got to do to try and get... And, but the point I'm trying to make is that there is still that hunger and that desire to ultimately have that that own first step on the run of the ladder um, and, and want to go there. So I think we're just hitting a time where there's a lot of um, uncertainty being created. And the sad thing about the uncertainty is it comes straight after the pandemic, which created a uncertainty in certain ways. But what it didn't do is put any stop on the property market. So I'm being now asked, is this a buyer's market as opposed to a seller's market coming up? Um, in some cases, that may be the case. It depends on what, what's happening as an auctioneer. Obviously, I'm getting more and more people that are looking at an investment side of it, but are probably um, you know, giving a bit of an uppercut in, in where they might, um, might bid, as opposed to where they were bidding quite you know, gracefully and say, I'll take that because I, I, I think it's a good thing. They're now coming in and saying, well, actually, you know, I'll start there. And, and that probably there is, you know, 10, 15,000 pounds less only because they feel that they are in a position now to turn around and say, well, maybe I can get a bit of a bargain as opposed to what I would have done, done maybe a year ago when a year ago people were not even thinking about it. And most auctioneers are still achieving you know, good sort of 50, 60, 70, 80% um, of sales um, on, on any given auction, which it clearly points out that the market is still resilient and very strong. For the first time since 2012, um, the average monthly mortgage payment increases to an average of 40% of the gross salary. The average monthly mortgage payment for new first-time buyers goes over uh, £1,000 for the first time per month. Average monthly mortgage payments for new first-time buyers uh, are £976 per month at, at the pre half uh, percent rise, so they're now 1030 um, And a 10% deposit on an average first-time buyer's home uh, now to 22,494, which is 57% higher than 10 years ago. 
uh, and the average asking price for the first time buyers home is a record of 224943 and yet despite that monthly salaries have gone up 31% so there's the dilemma for it for you right there bob uh, prices have gone up by 57% in 10 years but wages have gone up 31% yes and there will be um, pressure from um, staff and employees to have their wages increase because as joe said earlier the cost of living is beginning to hurt uh, you know, not just uh, at the lower level, but even at the upper levels, you know, people can't, cannot afford to, you know, pay the bills, you know, they're hurting. And as you may have seen or heard, there's a petition going around saying, don't pay your bills. So if you've got mortgage and you have any aspiration of getting one, don't join that petition and definitely don't stop paying your bills because that will affect your credit file. So, uh, but what the banks are now doing is they're relying on uh, the uh, statistics from the Office of National Statistics, uh, which are updated every April. And because of the cost of living has risen so much, banks are now factoring in a far higher cost of living uh, element to the calculation now, which means borrowing will become a little bit harder for the first time buyers, unfortunately, and not least because of the increase in uh, rates as well. So it's not a good time for first time buyers, not a good time at all. I think they really need to be careful and think twice about uh, what and where they buy. Um, there's a lot of landlords coming up the market, uh, interestingly enough, I heard, heard the other day, uh, that, you know, the capital gains receipts by the government are at record levels. So landlords are leaving the market, hopefully, uh, you know, making uh, space for the first-time buyers to come into the market. A lot of first-time buyers, Bob, are saving regularly and have been for many years to, to get on that ladder and it always seems to be the carrot moving further and further away from you um, but would you advise if they're not specifically looking to move right now because of a need in other words they're just keeping to save would you suggest that they sweat this out for maybe 18 months two years and then just keep the saving going on or would you would you recommend that if you think it's right for you you should go for it the savings won't grow at the same pace as house prices and as we've seen Current, current right, you know, inflation on housing is about 11%. Um, and, you know, your returns on savings are practically zero. And if you, even if you're investing that money in the stock market, the stock markets have had a bashing last week. So, you know, um, the fund managers are all in turmoil because of the huge losses they've seen. Um, I think if you have to buy, uh, if you're not looking to buy, should you buy now? I think, yes, sooner the better because price, you know, even if prices rise, say 5%, you're not going to catch up because your wages aren't going to increase. So I think whilst you can, do it. Good advice from Bob there. It's interesting, actually, because a two-year fix is just over 3% compared to just under 6% 10 years ago. Um, and demand for first-time properties is up 35% on 2019. So the market is still very strong despite all of this inflationary pressure. Yeah, and the 40% of net income is a quite a, uh, a good indicator of where there's elasticity in the marketplace because, you know, it can go to 50% and people could still probably still survive. It won't be a happy existence because you'll be living just for the mortgage and your bills and, and your food bills, uh, but you can still afford to pay the mortgage. And I think long-term mortgages will come into play now for first-time buyers. I think you know, we should really be looking at five and 10 year products for these guys, given that they're much, much lower cost. And as long as the product is portable, there's no harm in taking a seven or 10 year product, as long as you can take it with you to the next house. Uh, but it's brokers, unfortunately, think of themselves. They prefer two year products, so the client comes back to them in two years, so they're able to charge another fee. 
and get another introduction fee from the lender again. So, you know, I think we've got to move away from that. Um, and if you've been reading the press, as I'm sure you guys have, the consumer du duty rules come in in 12 months. And they are going to be far reaching across all the financial sector. And it will force people in our business and other businesses to really put the client at the center of everything and make sure they're well looked after. The advice is spot on. They're not being treated unfairly charges service levels it all comes into it so the huge changes are going to happen in that industry over the next 12 18 months just since the start of the year mortgage payments have increased by 20 percent in just that six month period which is it's quite something isn't it joe and when you when you hear a stat like that you think wow when any stats are, are thrown at you paul and and you look at it in a percentage basis um it, it's definitely uh, uh puts some brakes on your whole process of, of thought and you think oh hang on a minute that's there and and i said i think that as a layman most people would go past and it's it's ridiculous to think but even even my kids sometimes are now sitting in the passenger seat and going dad have you seen that one was you know 1.87 uh, a, a liter and the one down the road was such and such and and so the numbers do start to you know get into people's mindset and think well that is now getting expensive and just just as the the rates are but i concur with bob in terms of where um the opportunity exists to buy you've got to buy and i've said that throughout my you know property journey life because if i got a penny for every person who told me the house prices were going to tumble and they were sitting there waiting to catch the fall of this this fantastic you know um opportunity they're still standing there waiting for that 30 40 years later because it's only gone one way it has a little neutral stop here and there and this is probably a neutral stop and then it'll have a, a drive but very rarely has it had a massive reverse. We've not done a corner and a you know spin around and then gone backwards at all. It's just been a you know a little bit of a reverse where people have said, okay, house prices need to be corrected. And I think so. Every stat that comes out now is actually probably more more um, uh, makes more people aware of where they are, which with the the media and 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 our smartphones it's right in, in your face all the time whereas when we're going back you know some years these things kind of came on the telly and they had a glimpse of it and then it just kind of didn't matter anymore but now it's literally in your face all the time so people are are more and more aware of what those percentages mean so a 20 percent you know increase is a is a huge number just as a 0.5% increase in the rate has become a huge number. Whereas I can you know, say that I'm sure Bob will agree, there have been numbers way higher than that in history when people have just kind of said, oh, well, it's, 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 it's gone up and that's the end of that. But now people are, you know, they are working almost to the bone, penny for penny, pound for pound, as to work, what that income is going to do and what's that going to, um, cost each month for them and how much money is going to leave in their pocket. But the, the facts are the facts and the facts are that if you go to continue to save at the rate of the savings that you're going to get, you may as well find a way to um, buy and know that there's chances are the capital growth in your property at least will give you some comfort later years, be it 10 years and you might find it's grown by 10%. 
is still 10% more than what your bank and savings are going to be grown by. Indeed. Um, last story this week, uh, and talking point really, is uh, the Bank of Mum and Dad, or BOMAD as it's now called. They're suggesting that gifts and loans will total £25 billion after the over the next three years, up until well, this year, next year and 2024, uh, supporting almost half of first-time buyers' transactions, according to uh, property group Savills. In the three years to 2024, nearly half a million first-time buyers, or almost one in two first-time buyers, will get financial help from a parent or other family member, says the company, as rising house prices put pressure on savings for a deposit. Is this something that the uh, financial services industry is beginning to recognise as half a million people there using other people's money to buy property? Bob, is that something that uh, is acknowledged in the mortgage market? It is, yes. Yeah, perfectly acceptable to take money from parents as a gift or relatives, even friends. Uh, where the banks are clamping up a bit is uh, money from overseas. Some banks are not accepting any funds outside the EEC, and those that do really want uh, the root source of those funds uh, before they'll take that as a as a gift to deposit, for example. But yeah, it's always been there. Um, the lenders do want to know that the person giving the gift doesn't have any interest in the house or, or begins to live there. That gets a bit complicated, so they have to sign a little declaration to that effect. Um, and the parents can choose in some cases to even take a second charge on the property for the money they're giving you uh, just in case for example you know a newlywed couple parents are helping you know to the tune of, tune of say fifty thousand. in in the event of a separation that money is not returnable to the parents so it goes 50 50 towards the couple but if there was a charge on the property then their parents deposit is you know protected so a lot of parents are beginning to do that given the high failure of marriages these days. Um, but yeah, no, it's uh, perfectly acceptable. The gifts can be unlimited, but some banks do say, look, you guys are buying the property. You too must put some money in. Otherwise, you know, you know, you're not really showing, showing us that you're good, sensible savers and, uh, you know, financial planners by not having any penny saved up for yourself. Um, but yeah, it's, it's happens a lot. Um, 25 billion, I think is the forecast over, the next three years and that will only set to continue because prices aren't going down by the looks of it um so we, you know first-time buyers are going to need a lot more help from parents and uh parents can use this as a tax 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 saving opportunity as well because you know if they're of significant wealth giving money away is a good thing because that they they, they themselves can lower their inheritance tax bill down the line so you know it's all about planning. It's all about understanding what you're doing, the effects of giving money away and taking it, and how to protect that money, which is more important as well. It's interesting the effect that the pandemic had on the, the bank of mum and dad in 2021. Um, on the screen at the moment, we've got the number of assisted uh, loans from 2006 up to the projected figure of 2024. And in 2006, 131,000 loans were assisted, fell down to 91,000 in 2008. But uh, 2020, it was 131,000 again. But then 2021, 198,000. And the value of the assistance was, was uh, 10,700. So it's almost half of mortgages in that year. 49% were assisted. And the suggestion was at that time, Bob, that it was the fact that the lenders because obviously had the stamp duty incentive as well, but the lenders were providing better deals for higher deposits. Yes, the stamp duty was a big, big um, impetus for the market back then. Uh, but yeah, I mean, 
you know, banks are always wanting to lend money, otherwise they don't, they don't make money. So they're always innovating new schemes. And particularly for the guarantor market for parents, you know, you, you no longer have to put a cash deposit in. Some banks allow parents to give a charge on their property. So there's a myriad of schemes available for the first time buyer. You just need to understand what they are and which ones will help you firstly secure the most money and at the best uh, at, the, at, the, at the best rate. So as long as you're talking to somebody competent, all the schemes in the marketplace should be put before you and all the safeguards for the parents as well, because it's not just about you borrowing it. It's, you have to look at the parents as well and make sure their money's not wasted. One thing, uh, Bob, uh, interesting about the Bank of Mum and Dad is that the help to buy scheme comes to an end in March of next year, 2023. So that's helped 40,000 loans for first time buyers. Uh, and they've provided 2.9 billion of financial assistance. So uh, that's quite a significant uh, uh, level of support. So I'm guessing that the bank of mum and dad's gonna be even more popular post-March of next year. I think it will be, yeah. Um, although the scheme is ending in March, the last application is in October. So if you're, if you're not on the ladder by then, you, you, won't, you won't complete by March. So uh, if you are looking down help to buy route, you've really got to move quickly. But yeah, Bank of Mom and Dad, I think it will always have um, an importance. Um, we're doing a lot of equity release schemes purely for the purpose of giving it to your children, um, which is a great tax saving advice uh, mechanism for the parents and it helps the kids to get on, get, on, get on the ladder. And as Joe said, yeah, I think it's that feeling of being wealthier year on year that drives people to actually you know, continue the house buying journey. And given rents are now sky high, mortgages, mortgage payments are going to be a lot less. So that mentality, why am I paying the landlord for his property and his future asset growth? Why am I not buying myself? I think that drives a lot of people. Many people see rental as wasted money, especially in our community. You know, we hate renting. You know, we would rather buy and pay £200 more than the rent, but it's, it's our asset. It will grow in the future. It's something that we can maybe leave to our children down the line. And that's how many people are starting to think. It's a long-term, long, long, long play, long-term game. Okay, Joe, put you on the spot for a second. Bit of advice for anyone uh, looking to get into the property market at this volatile time. What would your advice be? Bye. In spite of all of the ups and downs that we actually faced during that journey, um, I've you know been an, an advocate of people wanting to get onto the property ladder, and it's been it's there's a lot of things that you have to sort of take into consideration as far as I'm concerned. There's there's a hell of a discipline that actually comes into when you are a homeowner. Um, and that is a great tool for young first time buyers because once they are on that uh, first run of the ladder and they have that sense of owning something, their whole discipline changes. Um, that carefree attitude of I don't care doesn't sort of happen. And it is a good way, it's a good barometer for their life to start to sort of think, well, I've now got this. And once they've got it, they very rarely want to lose it and so therefore it actually creates a certain discipline. So, and not having that discipline means that, you know, I mean, they'll do what they want to do, which is fine because Bank of Mum and Dad will always be there to bail them out to a, to a large extent. But even Bank of Mum and Dad would like to see some good happening out of what they've done. And if it means that they are supporting their siblings, their children in, in, in buying something, it does a number of things. So um, when I say buy, I, I say that because I think that it does a whole myriad of things for people within the family and in the structure. 
and it also creates a discipline but also makes them feel that they are creating their future wealth of some sort albeit it may be in a capital um investment return of a, and people do that you know uh, I've, I've been doing valuations for properties for, for god knows how long now and people say to me yeah but that guy sold it for that price and ours must be worth x and i, I just love that sort of challenge the fight of saying that we must be worth more now because we're doing xyz um i've just done an extension it must be worth more um and so forth and i i i actually applaud that i think that's the energy that it brings for own uh, for own home ownership um in this country so uh it, whilst it's a good salesman's attitude it's also a very um uh, concerning attitude paul so to wrap up then bob it's one thing to own a house but to pay for it's another thing so what piece of advice would you give after this week's news i think take advice from somebody in the property game like joe or if it's finance you know give me a call we'll guide you we'll let you know what your capacity is and you know every lender has a different borrowing level because for the same income same expenditure you'd be surprised at the variance of money you can get from the high street and the specialist lenders so whilst it might appear out of reach it may not be so you just need to consult somebody who knows the whole market who's able to do the calculations for you and then providing it's all affordable go for it sound advice as always gentlemen thank you so much and thank you to you for watching property matters this week we'll be back with another property matters at the same time next week <music>